Hello, and welcome to Two Props in a Pod. I'm Tanisha. I'm Beth. And we are professors and also faculty developers at Glendale Community College in Arizona. And we like talking about teaching, learning, and other stuff. Today, we're going to continue our conversation about creativity. This is part two with our professor, Kimberly Williams. We hope you enjoy what do you so, think, Tanisha? Um, as far as me, I know when I think of creativity, one of the things that always comes to mind is this quote that Steve Jobs made, uh, which is creativity is just connecting things. When you ask creative people how they did something, they feel a little guilty because they didn't really do it. They just saw something. It seemed obvious to them after a while. And, and that just really resonates with me. I really believe in the quote below because I think creativity really is about connecting pieces like I when I read about people who have created things like whether it's like the the Jordans I forgot what his name is but he created like Jordans right Mm -hmm. he's like the grandfather of Jordans or people who create and design cars or sets or architecture Um, there is this series on Netflix called abstract um, and it it talks all about designers in different fields Mm. and it was so interesting because quite a few of them were not just like discipline specific they made connections to a lot of different things that they were kind of interested in like the architect that was featured on the show like he somehow was able to make a connection between like his organization and comic books and kind of teaching a little bit from that perspective or people who were like yeah I just one day just made the connection between this piece and that piece because of just my experience and background in that and I just made it happen and I think that's also kind of how I also operate as well I've been told that I'm creative and I've accepted it but there are moments where I don't see it like Steve Mm -hmm. Jobs talks about how creative people when like when people ask me how Tanisha how did you come up with the idea how how did that come together and sometimes I'm like I don't know I just had this thought of this going with that and making it work like for example one of the things that we do in my class uh, we do gamification in my small group class so one of the game ideas that I had was to teach small group communication through Game of Thrones. So I actually had this idea to have um, what I call Game of Gauchos, um, (laughs) which is inspired by Game of Thrones. So Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, this would be cool. I can create gaucho games and these students would create houses and these houses would compete for the crown and like even created like this whole scenario, like with the king, like the king is dying and king's landing and he's trying to find a house that is the most qualified to rule the kingdom. So the king created these games and we're going to compete and these students just compete and it's fun and it's a way that we also learn about small group. But all I did was just sit and I was thinking, oh, what would be fun? It's like, hmm, games, gaming, Game of Thrones. I like all of that. Right. Boom, now I have an idea. So it's, it's kind of really interesting just how those pieces just come together. It just happens. Right. Um, because of, I think, the different connections and the experiences that we have in our lives. So that's that's what I think about creativity. The, the exciting thing about what you're talking about is, is that you can't even, when you have a really creative moment, you can't always account for it. Right. Right. Sometimes creativity actually requires sort of stop thinking Mm. and just sort of react mentally, right, Mm -hmm. without there having to be um, a a clear thought process. And then, boom, you end up at a different point. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I, I kind of think 
what you're talking about has definitely some lateral thinking components to it. Like, you know, I have this kind of information. I know about Game of Thrones. I know what I need to accomplish in my classroom, mm-hmm. right? And you make connections sideways. Is right. the two um, is the the actual Game of Thrones itself, and then your curriculum is sort of if you see them side by side, right? You're making associations crosswise rather than forwards and backwards, which is kind of how we're trained to think, right? Mm -hmm. We're trained to think so linearly, especially in academia. Mm -hmm. But the best ideas come from those instantaneous moments where things just come together in a way that is surprising and delightful much of the time. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Kimberly is transitioning us to our next point, which is how how do we encourage creativity? Do you want to add to what you just said about? No, I. I've oh, already, you what? mean about how we encourage? Yeah, how do we? How oh, do we yes. get it done? How do we make it happen? Yes. Like, what, what do you suggest? Well, so here's the thing that I learned through my research um, that shocked me. It is not hard at all, mm-hmm. right? Um, to encourage creative thinking, changing up a routine is one of the best ways you can get new neurons firing, right? Mm. Because routine is sort of the same neuron path, right? And so it's as simple as just driving a different way um, to work Mm -hmm. or walking uh, instead of always going the same route on campus, right? Changing up your route. Mm -hmm. It seriously just gets you looking at what you're used to from a different perspective. It's kind of like when you have an inverted pose in yoga and you're upside down and you're seeing the same room, Mm -hmm. but you're, you know, Mm, you're on your head, right? It's it's just allowing just a slightly different perspective that will allow the different connections to come through. And so what I've done, like yesterday with my students, I made them do some brainstorming for the beginning of a paper. And they had to write open-ended questions of things that they're curious about in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're inside the room, and they're typing away and typing away. And then when I hear the typing sort of letting up, I say to them, okay, now go outside and take a walk. Leave your phones behind and don't socialize. Literally, just walk for 10 minutes anywhere you want on campus and come back. They come back, and they have more to add to their list, Right, because they've just they've changed up their environment just a little. And what I've gotten, from, I've used this before. I end up getting papers a lot that are about the environment and nature because mm-hmm. <laughs> they yeah. get outside on campus. Yeah, right. And there's and and you know I had the, I have a quote from the semester I did the research that a, a student let me use. You know where he just said, "Just walking outside made me reconnect with my love for." Um, hunting and he ended up doing a paper about hunting and the mm-hmm. ethics of it mm-hmm. you know if he had stayed in the classroom it wouldn't have happened yeah so that's number cool. one way is just to shake it up a little bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really not that fancy love it and that's great because i think a lot of people think it it has to be big this big thing that you have to do to cultivate it and it's something as simple as just changing things up i love that yeah it really is it's it's it is simple. Yeah, well, you know, for for me, my the ways that I make creativity happen, for me, not necessarily my students, but anybody could do these things. For sure, rest, yes. um, exercise, trying to get the stress 
um, down a little bit because to me stress kind of hampers creativity. Absolutely. Um, and for sure reading and writing. Um, Kimberly already talked about, uh, I, actually I think both of you talked about this in Robot Proof it's called cross silo thinking which is making those connections between uh, areas that we might not normally connect. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I do reading, um, but if I were going to recommend that to somebody for creativity, I would say reading different topics. So reaching out and reading something that's maybe not, I don't know, the first book you would pick up or something in a different topic. Right. So that you can make connections between those. That's right. Uh, areas that you might not normally, you know, bring into your brain. One of the exercises that I do in the same class, um, which is where I did my research, is I, I one day I asked them to write a list down of all the subject areas that don't interest them. And I give them examples. You know, myself, it would be like automotive um, information. I don't even, you know, it's so uninteresting to me, I'm not even sure what to call these topics, yeah. kind of, right? Yeah. But, mm -hmm. you know, boxing. I don't, you know... And I, so I put my list on the board, and they're writing their lists. And then I say, okay, get on the databases and find an article about the topic you're not interested in. And I just, just for 20 minutes, make them go there. They have to read it. They have to do some summary, which then jumps into analytical thinking, mm -hmm. right? And then they have to um, put it in MLA style, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, they're still doing a lot of the same skills, but coming into it that way, mm -hmm. it, they will tolerate it. They will do it. And then, of course, they because I am who I am, I make them reflect, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> How was it? How? Yeah. <laughs> but I get some of the best responses. I had one, I had one male student who ended up doing that whole little mini project on, on makeup. I mean, that was one thing he put down on his list that nice. he had absolutely zero interest in. And, you know, he said, I learned something new. It, it wasn't bad at all. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> generally, you know, but that's exactly what mm -hmm. you do is you forage just a little bit into new territory. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. you connect the new information with your prior information. Yeah. And that's innovation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, for me, let's see, I would have to say that it's important, I think, to expose yourself to just a wide range of people, places, things, events, ideas, media, disciplines, hobbies, etc. that are of interest to you and it's actually out of your comfort zone um, or just things that you are curious about or kind of like what Kimberly said, like you have your students write about things that they're not interested about. It gives you the opportunity to d to dive into worlds that you never knew even existed. That's right. And I think that is where the connections could come because you could just be sitting there minding your business and somehow you make a connection between, you know, like Edgar Allan Poe and maybe Toy Story and something from maybe Chopped, which is this cooking show. And you right. have no idea where that came from, That's but right. it's just just plopped into your mind because of these connecting pieces mm -hmm. and I know for me personally I have found that to be most helpful because I've just exposed myself to a lot of different things that are just I'm just curious about or I find interesting or that I'm just involved in I think I've just always been like that as a kid so like you know growing up you know I played the piano and then I played the flute 
And that was because they didn't have any trumpets available. So I kind of just had to deal with that <laughs> um, when it came to the flute. Um, then I played the clarinet. And I remember taking, oh, and I took piano lessons from a nun. That's an experience. Um, and then um, also just trying things like theater and choir and then like joining a multicultural club. Um, just all types of stuff. And then kind of getting into like the fitness world by doing like CrossFit type stuff. And then also just watching a wide range of stuff on Netflix. Like my my Netflix repertoire is pretty right. vast. So like my husband and I like we'll watch anime and then we'll watch these TV series and then we'll watch uh, movies and just a wide range of things. Reality competition shows where they yep. have to create things. My absolute favorite, like I'm, I absolutely love Project Runway. We were just talking about the Great British Breaking Show yes. before before we even started. Like just seeing people create things just makes me feel more creative. So I always encourage people hmm. just try something that's different. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, you know, when you ask like, what can we do? Right. This is what we can do. We right. can just encourage. Um, our students, but also the people in our lives, too, to, to follow their nose, to follow right. their instinct, to follow their curiosities, and just try new things, even trying new food, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Can New flavors, new tastes, completely re-stimulates and mm-hmm. kind of rewires us, you yeah. know, for a new experience. That's what new experiences do. Absolutely. And experiences don't have to be expensive or complicated nope. at all. Nope. Let me tell you, because you talk about food. I remember when I tried hummus for the first time. <laughs> and I was like, game changer. It like <laughs> changed everything. And then the, the most recent thing right now that's on my my um, list or menu are like plantain chips. <laughs> on my palate, yeah. like plantain chips. Oh, yeah. Game changer. Like yes. that just came onto my menu two weeks ago. And I'm just feeling feeling great and peppy about that. So hummus. Right. And no, it's chips. Right. <laughs> love that anyway okay so moving on (laughs) we normally do a couple segments here at the end Kimberly one on what's on the radar where we talk about things that are coming up that we're interested in or excited about and then we also end uh, by giving our listeners a few little nuggets or takeaways from the episode for them to remember. So what's uh, what's on your radar? Oh, what's on my radar? Okay, so I've already mentioned Ken Robinson. Yes. He really is just a world-leading expert yes. in creativity and education both. Um, he has a TED Talk series of uh, from 2006, 2010, and 2014. Um, I'm going to a conference that he will be the keynote speaker for in November. Just got the approval in my email today yes. to go to the Yay. conference. Yeah, so that's I'm very excited about that. Just that's um, going to be awesome. Yeah, Tanisha. So the person on my radar right now is an individual by the name of Lewis Howes. He's a former arena football player. He had an injury. He couldn't play f- football anymore. So now he's found um, a new career, which is lifestyle entrepreneur. He has this concept called the School of Greatness. So he has a podcast slash YouTube channel where he interviews inspirational, successful, and motivational people. He ended up on my radar because he interviewed a cross 
fit athlete I've mentioned before by the name of Brooke Entz. Uh, and he has also interviewed Kobe Bryant, where he talked, where Kobe Bryant talked about his Mamba mentality. Uh, Marissa Pierce, who's a psychologist, who talked about her "You Are Enough" work, which I loved, and then also Humble the Poet, who talked about creating what you love full time. Mm. So for the past few months, I've just been inundated with his work, and he's on my radar. And if you're not familiar with him, I think you'd really, really, really enjoy his work. Okay, yes. I will check it out. Mm-hmm. I. Nerd alert, folks, coming up. On my radar is a book called Kafka's Last Trial, The Case of a Literary Legacy, which actually has very good reviews on Goodreads and is about um, shortly before Kafka passed away, he asked that his remaining works be destroyed, and he asked his best friend Max Broad to do that for him, and then his friend couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And so it's all the aftermath of what happened to those pieces and how the courts became involved and I I mean I haven't read the book so I don't know the whole story yet but apparently it's quite the drama so I'm very excited to uh, have that up next on my reading list and then and this one's more personal I'm just really looking forward to the holidays and I just made a date yesterday with uh, friends I've had since high school so we've been friends for coming up on 40 years, which is really freaking me out right wow. now. Um, so, yeah, we're getting together in November, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, oh. and I'm super excited about that. Yes. It's yeah. very exciting. Yeah. Okay, our nuggets. Nuggets. So, Kimberly, do you have any nuggets you'd like to share? I do. I have a big nugget. Ooh. Um, I think that we were talking off podcast um Tanisha and I were just a little while ago we were talking about perfection Mm. uh I think that perfection is just one of the number one killers of creativity Mm -hmm. and our culture is pretty obsessed with it Mm -hmm. you know even if you just listen to how people talk right you you go and you do um, a register transaction and I don't know how many times the cashier has said to me perfect Mm. right things Mm. are just perfect Mm. but but really things aren't and perfection right. well perfection's a perception mm-hmm. right we we it's only a judgment is really mm-hmm. what it is but it, it is in fact such a an inhibitor of creativity um, creativity requires failure it really does the the most the greatest genius is steve job is just the perfect example mm-hmm. right if you if you listen to his um, graduation speech that is uh, so um, well-known on YouTube where he talks about the failures he's had in his mm-hmm. life and how indispensable they were to his success. It's, it's very clear, right, that creativity requires that something doesn't work and something doesn't work and something doesn't work before it finally does work mm-hmm. um, so that we can always be reconfiguring and rethinking. Greatest example, Thomas Edison, it took 10,000 attempts for him to get the light bulb right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's this famous um, story that <clears throat> where somebody said to him, um, you know, how, how was it to accept failure 9,999 times? And his response was, I have not failed. I have just found 9,999 ways that do not work. Mm-hmm. What a powerful way to reframe mm-hmm. this idea of, of failure and um, just things that don't work, enabling us to keep going, to persevere until we find the one time that it does work. Mm-hmm. 
That's a beautiful nugget. Thanks. I love that, that nugget. Was a big nugget. I think we could end on that nugget. Is that just I, me? It was no, just great. I, yeah. I'm fine with ending on that nugget. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that nugget. That's a nice. wonderful nugget. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Well, I think that's all we have, unless there's anything else anyone would no. like to share before we end today. No. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank, oh, you. thank you. Thank you so much. So I'm Tanisha. I'm Beth. And I'm Kimberly. Thank you so much for joining us today on Two Props in a Pod. Check out our podcast on twopropsinapod.blogspot.com. Leave us a comment and we hope you will join us on our next episode. Thank you.